Hi, and welcome to Strangers on the Internet, a podcast about making online dating work for you. My name is Irene Manta, and I'm a professor at the Maurice A. Dean School of Law at Hofstra University. I'm also a dating coach and a consultant for the dating app industry. And I'm Michelle Lang, a senior lecturer in psychology at Christopher Newport University in Virginia and a clinical psychologist in private practice. All views expressed on this podcast are our own and not our employers. We had the opportunity on an earlier episode of this podcast to talk to Amy Lutkin about some of the challenges that she faced being single in a society that is so focused on couples. But we wanted to take the chance today, Michelle and I, to talk about some of the practical and other problems that arise that we haven't been able to cover yet and how you can deal with them so that you don't end up in a relationship or stay in a relationship with the wrong person because of those problems. The reality is that even with one's best efforts, there might be times in one's life when one is going to be single for long periods of time. And that can even be a healthy thing because it's a time to work on oneself and pursue other interests. At the same time, there are a lot of challenges and problems that arise in our society being single and perhaps especially a single woman. Michelle, what are some of the greatest challenges or or perhaps also most annoying things that you feel like you face being single in your adult life? Well, I can easily say the first one that comes to mind for me is just when I, because I'm heterosexual and date men, and I, when there have been times where I haven't had a man in the picture, I find I don't know how to do a lot of like the handy stuff that I feel like a lot of men are raised, they learn how to do from parents or socialized by society to understand it's valuable to learn to do these things. And I I think luckily there are some women out here who are handier than me, but I think I'm in really good company that a lot of women don't know how to do handy stuff or like what to do if something mechanical breaks or that involves tools. I wish it weren't that way. I hope we're moving in a different direction, but I know for me, stuff like that was those times where I'd find myself being like, oh, I wish I had a boyfriend or something here to help me with those who might know what they're doing. Like if a toilet starts overflowing, I guess I can do a toilet overflowing. I'm trying to think of what did happen once where luckily I had a neighbor who told me what to do. It involved turning the water off. (laughs) I didn't know where the the thing to turn the water off was. And so he helped me find that. And also, oh my gosh, I had, I live in the suburbs and I had a lawnmower and it had like a pull cord on it. So I mow my own lawn. I actually had no problem with that except for getting the lawnmower started. I was not strong enough to pull the pull cord as it needed to start. I mean, at least 50% of the time I would struggle to get it and my neighbor would see me out there trying and would finally just come out there and help me more often than not. Sometimes I could get it. Ultimately, the solution for that was I had to buy a lawnmower that didn't have a pull cord. Um, I got one with batteries, which I love, (laughs) but I, you know, it's stuff like that, like parts of the world that are either designed for people who are stronger than me or 
that I just had not learned how to deal with some adulting things that, yes, there are services you could buy, bring a plumber out, you know, things like that. But those costs add up if you're constantly paying somebody. So I know, I know those were times where I had regret about not having a man who knew how to do these things. And that is, I think, easily the hardest thing that comes to mind for me. What about you? What have been some hard parts of being single? Yeah, I mean, what you're bringing up is definitely an important element. So I'm going to try to group the challenges I faced into, I think, into two categories. One is, broadly speaking, and it encompasses some of what you're saying, but also adds more things to that. One is practical problems. And the other one is like missing companionship and the things that come with that. So for the practical problems, I love your lawnmower story because I was just sitting here thinking, why would a company sell a lawnmower that a large chunk of the population can't use? <laughs> Even that is like, like you're saying, like it's sort of already set up in a way to, to make a lot of us fail. Now, you know, some women are strong enough, great, but many women aren't. Probably some men aren't either. And then that's without even going into all kinds of people that might have disabilities or are old or, you know, they, they have all sorts of other problems. So uh, even though they might otherwise be perfectly capable of mowing the lawn. So, so that's already kind of annoying how many things there are like that. Then second, I totally agree. There are many things that like I was not taught growing up. And, and with, for me, there was also the added challenge that I grew up in a different country. So even some of the household objects you're talking about, like they might have worked slightly differently. Uh, where I grew up. So for example, in Europe, I never once in my life had a gas stove. Okay. That's just not something we had. It was all electrical. I come to the U S I had, by the way, I had never written a check before coming to the United States because that's not how things worked. You, you paid differently, right? Like it's just not how it was. And this was, you know, this was before grand before Venmo and like all these things, but my, my college boyfriend actually had to teach me how to write a check. So this is an extreme example and sort of perhaps a special challenge for people who, who didn't like grow up here. Right. But there are just a lot of things like that. And I don't know about you, but I actually also, I'm going to be honest here. I was also not taught a bunch of things that are more stereotypically female tasks. <laughs> it's not just the male tasks. Okay. That I don't necessarily know. How to do. And, and one more thing I want to say, and, and like, I'm kind of sticking with the practical part for now, because I'm sure we're going to get to the emotional later, but the other practical thing is, okay. Even if you call a plumber, sometimes you need to fix the thing right away. Or like your bathroom is going to overflow with water or, or something bad, bad, bad is going to happen immediately. Now you might be able to, watch a YouTube video or call a friend, I feel like call a friend, like on who wants to be a millionaire. Like, oh. um, and, and look, I do have friends who have like skills that I would use. And frankly, even being in a partnership that have skills that like might be like specialized technical skills that come in handy or whatever. But yeah, does any of that resonate with you, Michelle? Absolutely. And you know, it just really makes me think how in some ways, I mean, not like all the time, but in moments like that, I've been reliant on my neighbors. And it also makes me think of our chat with M.A. Lutkin because she talked about in her book how the world has become less and less connected. And so I'm fortunate living in the suburbs where it's still kind of the norm to get to know your immediate neighbors at least. And people are generally inclined to help their neighbors. But I 
I don't imagine. I mean, I don't know. I've never lived in a big city like New York or anything. So I don't know, but I would imagine people aren't all friends with their neighbors there and wouldn't be necessarily receptive to a knock on your door or a call in the middle of the night from your neighbors. I have definitely had moments where I have needed my neighbors to help me. And if they hadn't, it would have made my life a lot more challenging um, because I didn't have a partner. And it's not always like man specific stuff, like I need a tool that I don't have. Sometimes, in fact, one thing was relating to a vacation. Now I'm privileged in this respect because I obviously had the means to go on vacation and I'm divorced and I share a child with my ex and he has my daughter a lot of the time. And that's why I was going to be able to go on this particular vacation without her. It was a dream vacation for me for a big milestone birthday. And I, let me think of what happened. And my mom was going to come. Oh, because my ex was out of town and I was going to be out of town for a one day period during all of this. So we had the plan of my mom would come help with my daughter during that day, but then my mom got COVID and couldn't come. And so, I mean, what does that mean for a single person without support, you know, is you get to cancel your trip if you can't find somebody to stay with your child or delay your trip at least. But in that case too, I had my neighbors, I was able to ask them, you know, since you know my daughter and since she's comfortable with you, since we see each other out in the neighborhood and we've, you know, socialized with you, might this work? And they were kind enough to say yes. And she was comfortable enough to stay over there. But those are things that I think, practically speaking, when you're single, if you have a child or, or again, like if it's more, I'm having this emergency situation, like you had said, where you feel very alone. And I mean, truly there's, it makes you when, especially if you go through a situation like that, you might think differently about the value of having somebody around after that, maybe to the extent that it would make you hesitant to leave a situation uh, with with somebody because you realize, wow, there have been times where it was really tough for me to be alone if I'm in a situation that is not my favorite, but you find yourself asking, is it better than being alone? You know, you might think, well, in some ways it's not because this person, or in some ways it is better to be alone because this person doesn't make me happy or we're fighting all the time, or I don't know that they care about me enough. But then you think about life would be a lot harder in some ways. What would I do in some of these situations? What did I do when this happened before? And it makes it a complicated choice. Wow, there's so much there. You know, it also goes to show that it's not just about having a man specifically, just having two people as opposed to one person can make such a big difference. And some of our friends were just mentioning in one of our social media groups, the problem of putting together furniture and how it's often assumed that you're going to have multiple people available to do that. And how sometimes it doesn't even say on the packaging that that's the case. And then you're just like, all of a sudden you have all these Ikea pieces that you want to put together and now you're facing all of these challenges. And so look, okay, let me talk a bit about the urban suburban difference. So there are some pros and cons, right? Being in an urban situation in my building, there is maintenance. Okay. So like, yes, there is someone you would call if like, whatever, you can't deal with your plumbing or something bad happens. On the other hand, you're totally right. Like it's, it's quite difficult to get close with one's neighbors here. Now I am friendly with a few neighbors in my building that I live in now, but that wasn't always the case, depending on where I live. Like a lot of people were just really hard to get to know. There is also 
honestly a difference between people who I will say some of them who have a lot of money and so they don't feel the need for community as much in practical terms because they can just call somebody and pay somebody right now another huge privilege that I've had is that I have had family nearby that's something where you know changing to some extent right also as people are getting older etc right um but but that has helped in terms of like some of the child care things that you're mentioning but yeah i also want to add here i mean you brought up already the example with your mother getting covid i do think that covid complicated this so much more because the difference and we i think we talked about that with uh some of our previous guests the difference between being single and coupled became huge it was more strongly the case earlier on in the pandemic but even today if you're somebody who's still careful you're going to think twice about who you bring into your home and now you're going to have to have all these discussions and maybe debates with them about masks and about ventilation and all this unpleasantness right and so honestly like I mean, there are things in my house where like I haven't bothered with them. Like, for example, the sort of these strips that are on the side of the kitchen cabinets fell off almost as soon as I moved in, even though they were new, it was just cheaply made. And I never bothered to get anyone to come fix them because like the trade off in terms of risk was not worth it. Right. So I was like, OK, I'll just live with it like that. Right. But yeah, I mean, this is pretty minor stuff like this example. But I do think things have gotten more difficult both over the long term and over the last couple of years. And I also think if we look at a slight, but not even that huge in the grand scheme of things, historical perspective, you know, what you had said about you didn't know how to write a check, it got me thinking about something I had read earlier this year. I wish I had checked it. I can't remember if it was the 70s, but it might have even been the 80s. It was definitely somewhere in there. I think it was like 1978 that women were first allowed to have bank accounts of their own, something like that. It was somewhere in the 70s where that was the case. And I did fact check it. It was it was true that prior to that, women couldn't have their own accounts. And so you know, that not having access to your own money or knowing how to manage it, I think is something that is not that far removed for women in the current time. Many women in the current time, even maybe some older women who might still be single or single again now, you know, grew up where they couldn't have a checking account. And certainly like a lot of our mothers didn't have that and also grew up during a time where the nuclear family was standard and just weren't prepared in practical ways to be able to do it on your own. And But the money part, I think, is really huge. It's just institutionally, collectively, it was just like, yeah, women don't need to know what to do with money. And so while we've been able to bank since the 70s, that message of, but do you need to know how this is really more something for a man to worry about? That mentality still could be being passed down and it's slower to weed out. And so women who do find themselves single may not have the financial know-how as much or, well, yeah, know how to manage their money, things like that. And I think there are certain challenges that can come up as a result of these barriers society puts in place. No, absolutely. That's such a good point. And yeah, anything revolving around like like retirement accounts, yeah. investments, yep. like what's a 401k, what's a Roth, what's a this, what's a that. Yes, there are some people who know that stuff really well, including plenty of women, but for a lot of people, it's like complete like 
you know, gibberish, like what yeah. they first encountered these terms. And there's also a socioeconomic element to this, right? And there's, again, there's also an element of like where you grew up. Like my parents did not have a car until they were in their 30s. Okay, because of like, like in Eastern Europe, this was a huge luxury and a whole weightless process. And like, it was a whole thing. So like, I don't know if my dad knows how to change a tire. Like, honestly, I'm not sure he does because he certainly didn't grow up doing that. Right. So I, I don't, when I say I wasn't taught XYZ for, for many of these things, I'm not blaming my parents because. Yeah you know, like either they didn't know or like, you know, they had like plenty of challenges and things to deal with. But but I'm just saying it is a reality that there are lots of things that as a result are kind of unknowns now. And it's also sometimes hard to know where to start because if you go online, there's so much contradictory advice sometimes too, like especially financial stuff is a great example, right? Like should you buy real estate or not? Not that that's, you know, even an option for some of us given where we live, but, but like for some people, it's like buying a home that was seen as a very secure investment. Well, in recent years, it's not been so clear. Recent years, let's say last 15 years or more, it hasn't been so clear that that's yeah. such a wonderful idea. So so it's not even like, like, it's not just that you don't know, but you don't know where to find the information. Yeah. And that's, gosh, there's a couple great points there. Like, think about the buying the home thing. You know, people do say that's a great investment and, and historically has been so. And so for economic reasons, yeah, maybe that's shifting some, you know, we'll see. But but also, again, people who buy homes and as, as an investment they still need to take care of the maintenance issues that come up at the homes. And a lot of the times, the reason they're able to do that is because they have one of the owners knows how to deal with some of the maintenance issues themselves. They don't always have to hire professionals to do it. But again, single women are less likely to be able to deal with those maintenance issues on their own, which makes homeowning as an investment less of a sensible investment for them as well. Because if you're having to shell out money to pay for fixes, then you're not really investing in the way that you thought. And also things like, I would imagine, dealing with tenant issues might be more challenging. Women aren't as imposing and don't often have as easy of a time being more demanding, more polite and more accommodating. So I know that's not the main focus, but you know, not everyone can invest in owning rental homes. But, you know, it does just make you think of all the ways that conventional advice that is given is really given more for either men or couples than it is for single women. And so single women have a lot of challenges. In fact, as you were saying that, I was thinking too about, I have somebody who really values some social media groups I belong to. And all the groups that I really value are ones about women supporting other women all of them, but most of them are. And so they are groups like some kinds of essentially social support groups. But then two of my favorite groups online are a women's finance group and a handy women group where you join and it's people from across the range of the spectrum with both finances and handy how to do stuff around the house things where it's total novices to experts and the experts help out the novices. You can post questions about how do I do this thing? Or what do you think about this kind of investment? And it's women coming together to help other women. And I mean, it is just such an invaluable resource to me that I imagine my life would look really different and I would probably not make as smart choices and, or would feel like some choices just aren't options to me if it weren't for these groups where I had access to this information and then the, and the ability to ask these questions. And 
So women who don't have, and and people, it doesn't have to be just women, but uh, single people who don't have groups like that or who don't realize that they're available, it does make it all the more challenge to, to be single in practical respects. And then there's what you said as well about not only the practical respects, but it gets lonely and that's hard too. And I know for me, when you asked what's the hardest part about being single, I almost laughed because I was like, I've never been single for long. And that's because of another flaw of mine. I don't like being lonely. (laughs) And so I move from being in a relationship to at least casual dating pretty quickly because I've not been good at just spending time on my own. I've gotten better at it the older I've gotten, but I really found that intolerable when I was in my 20s and early 30s to, I I just felt compelled to be out there dating because I missed like that intimate kind of connection, the one-on-one attention, physical touch, things like that. And so I think those elements just can be very compelling to people too. Where that can become a problem is if you're being indiscriminate about it, if you're just like, well, some warm body is better than none. And and that's a situation I think that can also become a slippery slope where you might say, okay, for a time that'll be okay. And before you know it, you're dealing with somebody who's really not worth your time. So I think there's that loneliness element too that is a double-edged sword. It sucks to be lonely, but it also sucks to let somebody in who's really not worth your time. And if you're doing it just because the stressors of being single make it the path of least resistance. What do you think on that front? Yeah. I mean, like you, I have not been single a whole lot. I mean, I, you know, I was not in a firm partnership for most of the year after my divorce. But yes, I was I was dating for much of that year, like you. And God, there's just so much there because, it, it, you know, it, it's always this calculation also of like, okay, like what does the world look like for me as single? And some people, for example, there can be many reasons why you might be single for longer or shorter. So somebody might say to themselves, if I break up from my current relationship, I am likely to be single for a long time because I know myself and I'm picky. Now, this doesn't have to be a bad thing, as you were just saying, like you don't want to be indiscriminate, right? But it's some people are like super, super, super picky, as we've discussed. And some people are like the right amount of picky. But but so knowing yourself, also knowing the world, knowing the location where you live. We've had so many academics right on our show, and, and some of them have been in situations where maybe they moved to a location with a spouse and now the the marriage sort of fell apart and it's actually or is about to fall apart right in some people's cases and now it's like uh oh now i'm like in the middle of nowhere and i might not find a lot of people like myself or it can be world events so we've had people on our show who said well you know what i haven't been on a date since 2020 because i am worried uh, about COVID and like other people are just not going to be as careful as I am. Right. And and then also all the lying in the dating world comes into that, yeah. et cetera. So there are just a lot of different reasons why 
uh, the calculation might look completely different from one person to the next. Like somebody might know, I appeal to a lot of people. So statistically, like I'm going to find someone and some people know, realistically, they don't appeal to all of people. And I think, look, there is a lot you can do to change that appeal. And we talk about that a lot on the show, but there are also things that you can't change. And, and I don't want to tell our listeners that like we're somehow claiming like it's because then it becomes victim blaming to me, you know, that we're saying you can change anything and everything about yourself. And therefore, yeah. it must be your fault if you don't appeal to a lot of people. And that's clearly not true. And you could be in a time and place in history where what you have to offer, no matter how much you work at it, is just not going to be what a lot of people around you want. And then, of course, that's going to influence whether you do or don't break up. Of course it does. Right. Because you're always looking at like, what is the counterfactual? Like, what is my alternative out there? And so there's not going to be a cookie cutter answer as to should you break up or not for like everyone. Like you can't. I think things can become miserable enough that it becomes obvious. But look, I suspect actually most marriages are mediocre. Like if we look around, they're probably not amazing and not horrible. They're kind of eh, and there are things you can do to improve it. But like a lot of those people are thinking about exactly the stuff we're talking about on this episode of like all these difficulties, plus the difficulties of being on the apps and all that other stuff we've talked about. Yeah, they're like, oh gosh, which is the the more challenging or the worse of these two possibilities, not there's one glowing right way to do it and one that I definitely don't want. It's not always that clear cut. And there's the devil you don't know. Yeah, That's exactly. the thing, right? It's like, okay, well, at least like someone might, might tell, tell themselves, at least I know the pros and cons of my relationship. Yeah. Like I know what's good. I know what's bad. I, I've kind of lived with it for however many years. I can keep living with it. Whereas like, you have no idea how bad things could get. Now you also have no idea how good things could get, of course. So that's, it depends also. But the fear can be a really effective driver. And practically speaking, I mean, it is kind of smart and self-protective to be like, let me err in the interest of my safety rather than my joy. Um, and, Mm -hmm. And so people have to consider that. And safety, I think, especially for women, but I mean, also just for any single person, I think is is an important consideration. Strength in numbers and and then as it relates to heterosexual dating, you know, strength in size, I think are things that people have to think about even with respect to their safety. Well, and, and then, you know, there are so many, I mean, there are even so many things we haven't even brought up yet. For example, what if you're sick, right? And that's yeah. even before you get into what if you're sick with COVID, which has its unique complications. But even leaving that aside, what if you're sick? That, Are you going to ask your friends to come take care of you when you have the flu? I mean, they might bring you medicine to your house, which is very nice, right? But beyond a certain point, there are things you can't really ask other people to do that easily or that you can't outsource. Are are you going to go on an app that like whatever gives you like a personal assistant for a day and and ask some rando to come to your your house? Yeah. Uh, Right. Like, yeah, if you're sick enough, you're going to go to the ER. But I'm talking about more mundane things. Yeah. And so, yeah, like it's, it's just really, really, really hard. Now, some people get around that by having roommates. Right. So that might be a solution, right? Like you make your own family, you make your own household. That is a solution for some people. It's not a solution for everyone. Uh, It's also less common once somebody has children. There are people, I mean, you and I have known people, right? Who have added roommates there, but it's just not, 
as commonly done and also although i do wish that society would move. yeah no i do wish we would move in the direction of like-minded people can just have a commune together like the 55 plus communities but for special interest groups or something like that single people who don't act a fool or something like that um you know it would be it would be nice if people if that kind of setting was more normalized of uh friends who could figure out how to live together but you know and some people are able to do that but barring that i mean it's a real challenge finding a sense of community not feeling lonely that is also a struggle that contributes to do i want to be single that seems hard in these ways and that yeah. brings us to another thing that uh amy lutkin talked about which is this problem of people kind of disappearing once they find a significant other or a spouse and like kind of like dumping their single friends and not really checking in on them anymore you know and that is something that I think we do need to fix individually and as a society. And, and look, I'm sure most of us have been guilty of it at some point to like hyper-focus on our significant or especially new significant other, right? Not spend as much time with friends, but you know, to the extent one can kind of maintain a connection to single friends and, and still reach out to them and, and sort of remember that any of us could be single again. Like it could yeah. be because your partner died. I mean, anything can happen. And so yeah. you're not, you're not some sort of, you're not in some sort of like different segment of society permanently now because you have a significant other like at some point one of you two i mean most people don't die at the same time at some point one of you two will be alone again so do you really want to alienate all your friends in the meantime so even from a self-interested perspective like it might be a good idea to not you know and, and here i mean here's actually sort of a bigger difficulty i think for for some men who tend to rely much more on their partner for friendship and all of that social emotional stuff and so they, they can experience they, they tend to experience fewer financial difficulties but more social difficulties yeah. when they become single again and like mental load kind of difficulties like you hear about men who like don't know how to m make their own doctor's appointments don't know how they don't do it and or maybe they are unfamiliar with how to do certain things that are involved in like running a house and they're stuck as a single person too not knowing how to do some of those things so yeah while it might be less the financial stuff it might be more in the social or practical smaller day-to-day -day managing of life areas that some of them don't know how to do and so it can be challenging for them as well I was just going to say, and, and that also should motivate, hopefully, people to, A, learn those skills, because yeah. again, you never know what could happen, but also to maybe show their spouse or partner some appreciation for doing those things for them, because in the back of their mind, they might want to remember, hey, if that partner's gone, I'm going to be dealing with a lot more problems <laughs> then you know and so i think that gets lost a lot and like a lot gets taken for granted and there's that hedonic treadmills effect where people just sort of like no longer see the labor of their partner until the partner's gone and then it's too late yeah right yeah and i'm thinking too like just how appreciative i am to grow up in a time where there are youtube videos that can teach me how to do a lot of stuff and support groups online that you can find. And I think those are practical pieces of advice for our listeners. Uh, you can YouTube a lot of stuff now. And there's some cool channels I've heard about. I, I'm just thinking this off the top of my head. I don't know the actual name of it, but there's like a 
dad YouTube channel where he kind of teaches you how to do things that dads would teach you how to do. Mm -hmm. And, and so, but yeah, anything that you need to know how to do these days, there's a YouTube video you can find on that. And I really recommend looking for special interest groups for topics that matter to you. It doesn't have to be just like hobbies, but like I said, you know, I belong to a finance group and a handy women group. And, and then once you get in those groups, sometimes as you start participating in the community, you also find subgroups to belong to that, that have even other areas that are more like you and where you can make some level of friendship if you are looking for that as well, but certainly where you can get the answers to practical questions. I think that's, I would say an important resource for single people today, especially maybe single women. You know, we've certainly talked about a lot of the ills of technology, but um, it has its good parts. And I think the sharing of knowledge within a trusted community is, is definitely an asset that I think people, practically speaking, should look into there. And another one, what you were saying about you know, when we realize, man, I really don't know how to do this stuff. I should be appreciative to my partner for doing it. And I should probably learn how to do it. I'm thinking of my boyfriend. He has spent like a fair amount of time single over the years. And he, I think has really made the most of it. He's learned how to be a self-sufficient man. And I find that to be incredibly attractive about him that he doesn't expect me to, you know, do some of the like household, like he takes care of himself. Even when he comes over my house, like he washes his own dishes, you know, um, he helps cook dinner. He knows how to do these things. He helps cook dinner. He cooked our entire dinner last night um, and let me sit down and read, which was amazing. But, you know, I, I do think being single has a lot of positive benefits to it. One of which is you can choose to take the opportunity to learn how to be self-sufficient and that'll help you as a single person. And it also hopefully would be appreciated if you do find yourself back in a relationship. So I think those are some good practical pieces of advice for our listeners. What else are you thinking on this? Yeah, I'm really glad you bring up because if we think now, compare now to like whatever, the 1950s, I mean, first there's all the stuff you were saying earlier about some things legally being in your way, like not being able to open a bank account, not being able to have your own credit card, like all of these different things. But also, yeah, you couldn't look it up. And like, there was no real system in place to, to teach you to do things. I do think community made up for some of it. Like you, you sort of get the sense that like the neighborhood widow might be helped by some of the people in the neighborhood, right? And so there, there was perhaps that was the YouTube missing, the missing YouTube was perhaps made up for yeah. by, by the community, but it must have not been very pleasant to have to ask yeah. for help all the time. And sometimes, yeah, you just want to check something real quick and not call someone every time. So, so that's definitely, that's definitely a good thing. I also, there are some great resources that they're like you're saying, I mean, they're very good, whether you're in a relationship or not, there's, there's that book and I guess, TikTok, how to keep house while drowning, which is uh, also geared toward like neurodivergent people and like just all kinds of people that might have a hard time, like keeping their house tidy. And, and here I want to actually bring up another thing, which I, I think, I think you're going to be interested in as well, which is the element of shame. 
And I think the author of How to Keep House While Drowning does a really, really wonderful job with that, right? I was really talking about the sort of like, hey, you don't need to be ashamed because you're not good at this yet, or you don't know how to do this, right? Like, uh, and sort of like kind of takes you by the hand and like, like helps people. And, and there's really that, like, I think, especially the older we get, the more embarrassing it can be to say, I don't know how to do such and such. Um, there's another really great group uh, on Facebook called Day by Day Tasks Explained, where people Love can it, ask yeah. like really, really basic, right, really basic things. And, and I've seen that group and I've tried to help people in that group also when I had some something relevant to offer. And so I think it, I don't remember if it started that way or at least was related to someone on the, or was inspired by someone on the internet saying, hey, I've never ordered a sandwich at Subway. And I'm really like scared of doing it and like embarrassing myself. And another person just really walked them through like the step by step. Like, how are you gonna? gonna talk I used to, to feel that way about business? Starbucks because I always heard when <laughs> Starbucks popped Starbucks. up. Like, I didn't grow up with Starbucks. They weren't where I lived growing up. And um, like right when I got college age or something like that is when Starbucks started popping up. And I understood people were already familiar with them from larger cities and from the West Coast and stuff. And there's a certain way you need to order. And that intimidated me so much. So I can appreciate that. It definitely kept you from going to Starbucks for a while. Yeah, I, I mean, Starbucks is incredibly confusing. And I'm not a coffee drinker. And so I don't go to places like that that much just kind of organically because, you know, um, I just, I don't know. I, I guess I could get other drinks, but in some way. I get the chai tea, it's delicious. Veggie, yeah, extra hot, tea. no foam. <laughs> but, but, but there are all these things, like like my my child knew about, okay, get this knew about iced chai with vanilla foam on top and it tastes really good i had never heard of vanilla foam like this is something i literally learned in like the last couple of weeks okay like this is a minor thing you can live your life without vanilla foam i mean this is like this is but really it's intimidating like when you hear people <laughs> talking about that like it's just a normal thing and you're like oh all the choices i didn't even know now i'm too scared to try anything and now you're holding up everyone in line behind yeah. you that's like oh gosh this person right like and and so but, but it's all these little moments right it's all these little moments in life and i also would encourage everyone to maybe be a little patient yeah. with people at the store who are maybe a little slower than you or maybe a little less knowledgeable than you maybe because of age or experience or where they grew up like it's okay i mean and, and maybe honestly like recognizing your own privilege that if you know exactly what to order at starbucks by the age of 16 like you just were raised in the conditions and had the kind of money where you had the opportunity to learn that stuff and some people well didn't and so yeah, I, I mean, I think this this now becomes sort of a larger point than, than just about being single. But I also think we need to say here, we live in a really complex world. Yeah. All of us have things we don't know how to do because there are so many possible things you could be doing and sometimes should be doing and need to be keeping an eye on and, and all this stuff, right? And, and so there are so many situations you might be in also where the stakes are really high uh you probably remember how a couple of weeks ago actually while we were recording an episode i was hacked on linkedin and i was very fortunate 
to have somebody that I could call and I could sort of like stop the damage relatively quickly. And, and, and it got nasty. I mean, this person, it wasn't just that they were trying to do financial fraud, which is bad enough, but they, mm. they then started taking their revenge when they realized I was trying to get them out of my account. And, and I feel very fortunate that I have the resources to like figure out, you know, what do I do? But the world is so complicated and there are so many mistakes that are made that you now have to figure out. I mean, can we just say, you know, you mentioned ma making medical appointments. What about fixing mistakes having to do with medical appointments, yeah. insurance, like anything having to do with like paperwork, administrative stuff, getting a passport these days has become like really hard. I see posts about this all the yeah. time now and social media. So life is hard. Life, it's just, it's great in many ways and technology is great in many ways, but there are also just lots and lots of things that we all are trying to juggle and manage all the time. And so to the extent you can be as a person more community minded and help out other people, whether it's online or help out your friends or not treat them like they're an idiot for not knowing something quote unquote already, uh, I think the better off we'll all be. Truly, because we don't want to scare people into, well, I guess I should never be single because the world is hard. It's a lot easier to make the choice that's right for you when you feel like there are resources available and that people are going to be, you know, kind or supportive when they can. And so I think you make such a great point that if we can try to make the world a little easier for others so that they can make the right decisions for themselves, you know, it's not giving much, but it's giving a ton collectively if, if people would be more that way that that helps people not stay stuck in situations that they they aren't happy in or to explore the joys of being single um, to feel comfortable asking and learning new skills growing as a person individually so it's, it's great that we do have some resources available for people it's a matter of now them being able to connect with those resources not feeling too embarrassed feeling like it's okay to to ask and to learn. And that certainly helps if people are being kind. And if I may add one more point, just, and I completely agree with everything you said, but if we may add one more point, you know, a lot of people say, I'm just not a social media person, right? And they don't like to spend a lot of time on social media. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. Okay. And, and there are problems with spending a lot of time on social media and their trade-offs and so on. But, but social media is a great place to help other people. And if you are not doing that, that's okay. But I really think everybody should reflect on, okay, like what are the areas in your life where you are trying to be of service to others? And that can take a lot of different forms, right? Like certainly there's more formal volunteering and things like that, right? But, but there are just all sorts of things where I think a lot of people don't really think about that. And some of them, they're overwhelmed with their own stuff. And I, that's fine. Like, I'm not trying to, to add more to those people's burden. But to the extent that like you are able to give, it doesn't have to be giving advice online, although that can be helpful. And, and I also want to mention about these groups, like unlike what I was saying earlier, or like on the internet, you don't know what's right or wrong. What's nice about these groups that you mentioned is like, sometimes there's self-correction, right? So if there is a discussion, someone will say, no, 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 this information is wrong. And let me give you a reference, a citation or something. And so the mistakes tend to be ironed out much more than if you just read a random article online. So that's, I think that's key. But, but so, you know, really just thinking about, all right, what can I do to be of service to others? And 
And like you, I think you will get some pleasure for, from that and you will get some satisfaction from that. So I think like, again, it comes back to like building community, whether online or not online and, and like trying to help the person in the street, you know, literally or, or figuratively as far as the street is concerned. We appreciate you single people. We know you don't got it easy out there, but hopefully some of the tips that we've given, things we've talked about will be of help and helping you to make the right choices for yourself. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it five stars so that others have a chance to listen to it as well. And make sure to subscribe so that you can get our future episodes. All our platforms are accessible at strangersoninternet.com. Again, that's strangersoninternet.com. There's no the in there. You can become a part of our community by joining the Strangers on the Internet Facebook group, where you can also ask questions, by the way, like we were saying today, or following us at Swipe Strangers on Twitter, Instagram, or Mastodon, where we are on the Fostodon server with two S's. We also appreciate support to defray our costs to run the podcast. You can help us out at Swipe Strangers on coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com. I would like to thank my husband, Carl Sparini, for sound editing, as well as Vlad Kujuklu for permission to use his music for this podcast. Bye, everyone. Mm-hmm.